Hello and welcome to the EFL Fantasy Show. This is the first episode of our three-part series of previewing each team for the upcoming championship season. First part's going to be eight teams, so we'll cover them. They've all been done in random order, so there's no going in alphabetical order or anything like that. We chose these eight teams. Well, I say we. Dan chose these eight teams because we thought these are probably less likely to change by the time the first deadline comes around. And talking to Dan, I probably better introduce the guests. Um, first one, Dan, how are you, mate? Yeah, all good, Jamie. It's getting closer to the start of uh, the championship season. So basically just ripped up my whole team the last couple of days with all the injury news, all the COVID, all the transfer speculation. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into these pods. Probably to help me out more than anything else. No, I can tell you these are going to help me out more than anything, honestly. I've started to realise how unprepared I am for the season. Like, massively unprepared. I'm moving out at the moment, I'm always at cricket. And then I've been trying to catch up on all the news um, over the last few days. And I'm just like, wow, I desperately need these pods. Um, Our other guest, Angus, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh done some tinkering with my draft as well not as much as ripping it up but definitely sort of changed it around um been looking to forward to the season uh working on a couple of things to help out during the season as well so looking forward to it now well hopefully these three pods are probably going to help shape our teams up so um as i said for the listeners the eight teams that are going to be on this episode are hull coventry huddersfield birmingham luton Millwall, QPR and West Brom. Um, we'll go through them one by one and we have asked our correspondents for all inf- all their information because they know their teams more than anybody and Dan and Angus are going to give their feedback on each one whether they agree or disagree. I'm not unprepared. I feel really flustered. I feel like, Dan, you've just mentioned off air, I'm going to struggle just read, I think, today. I can't get my words out as it is. So, but we'll go straight into it. So, hopefully, this should not go on for longer than an hour. Um, and we've got eight teams to cover. So, we'll start with Hull. And our correspondent is at Danny Mac2794. So, make sure you give him a follow um, for any Hull information. And just before I do start, I'll just give you a rundown of what I've asked the correspondents to give us so you know what to expect. So they've given us notable key transfers out and notable key transfers in. They're likely starting 11 with formation. Obviously, that's not guaranteed. That's just what they think. Their best defensive asset, their best attacking asset, the best overall pick, under-the-radar pick, and players to avoid who other players might want to pick, if that makes sense. Does that make sense, that last one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it just might be players that people have seen in other drafts um, that they're picking and they're the players that you shouldn't be really. So, notable key transfers out. Reese Burke has left to Luton. Regan Slater's um, finished his loan spell and gone back to Sheffield United. Um, key transfers in. Randall Williams has joined on a free from Exeter. Andy Cannon from Portsmouth. George Moncure from Luton. Ryan Longman um, is on loan from Brighton. And they've also got Tom Alston training, but it's unlikely that he'll end up signing. So, 
that's it really in terms of players coming in. Likely formation and starting eleven. Dan thinks it's likely to be a four-three-three. Um, seems to be the only formation that McCann plays. So that's going to be Ingram and in goal, Alder, Greaves, Jones and Coyle, Doherty, Smallwood, Honeyman, but he is injured for the first few weeks of the season. Wilkes, Wilkes, McGuinness and KLP, which is Keen Lewis Potter. I got that one right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to say Porter for some reason. So that is the likely 11, Matt Ingram and Goal. So what I'm going to do now is just go through the best defensive assets I've chosen and ask your feedback on them. So he has put Aldi, he shares set pieces with Honeyman. He got eight to nine assists last season and in a goal. What do you think about him, Dan? Um, I agree he's probably the best asset for Hull, but um, he's five million for a promoted side. I'm I'm not a fan of um of getting promoted defenders really. It's it's not just Hull, I won't be getting any from Peterborough and I probably won't be getting any from Blackpool. Um so for me it's he is probably the best option, but he's going nowhere near my team at the start. Five million's a bit of a put off though as well, and it? it's not like he's coming at four point five and maybe he could be a fifth defender. It's just not really ideal at five million, is it? No, especially as um we know how important defenders are in the game. It's probably worth spending five million. There's lots of good five million players better than Elder, in my opinion. So, he'll probably will create a few goals, but like I said, is he going to keep enough clean sheets? I'm, I'm just not convinced with Hull or their defence at this time. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, attacking asset then, Keane Lewis Potter, he's basically like their new wonder kid to replace Berwin. What about him, Angus? Yeah, I mean, I think it's 6.5, uh, same as uh, Malik Wilkes. They're probably the two, sort of, I guess, main assets that people are looking at, particularly with Honeyman's injury. Um, Lewis Potter may well be the better one to go with. Um, that price, I probably won't be going with either, though. Yeah, fair enough. Um, he's all, Dan's also put the best overall pick to be KLP, so we'll just call him KLP for short now. Um under the radar picks, he has put McGuinness and Honeyman, even though Honeyman's injured for the first few weeks. Any of them tempt you no. in any kind of way? No, not for me. Maybe Honeyman, but it's just the price again. I'm, I'm not a fan at six million. He is on every set piece. Uh, and McGuinness, he's, he's been up in the championship a few times and never really got enough goals. So, yeah, it's definitely... Definitely going nowhere near McGuinness. And then um, the last one, players who other people might choose but to avoid, he's put this might be a bit controversial, um, but he's chose Wilkes. Um, and he's chose Wilkes based on he hasn't seen him at championship level to suggest he's anything more than a League One player. But he could be wrong. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, obviously, he did very well in League One. Uh, but you can never quite be sure how these players are going to make the step up. So 
he he seems the standout one, but it could be one that backfires. Yeah, definitely. So that's a kind of rundown of what the correspondence would give us, just in general terms and kind of a prediction for Hull. Where do you see them finishing the season? I I currently have them um, bottom three. I'll be very surprised if they're higher than bottom six. I I just don't I just don't I'm not sure with McCann I'm not sure if he's good enough he done well when he first joined but he had he had Bowen and Riziki and as soon as they left he didn't seem very flexible with the formation or anything like that I'm just not just not sure I think it's all going to depend on how um, King Lewis Potter or Wilkes do adapt if they adapt and they're able to score goals, then they they might do similar to Coventry or or Luton a couple of the seasons ago. But it's I'm finding it too hard to put them anywhere above bottom six. Do you agree, Angus? Yeah, I mean, I think I um, have predicted them to to be in the bottom three. Um, I think probably uh, best case scenario for them is about. Uh, 17th, 18th. Yeah, I tend to agree. And Dan also did say uh, McCann, he only plays 4 3 3. So that worries me slightly because, you know, they're not going to be the strongest. They're going to be on the back foot, giving other teams quite a lot of possession. If they start off badly and they're losing, how are they going to turn it round? Teams are going to know how to play against them. It is slightly worrying, isn't it? So, from that reason, I don't think I'd go to any whole assets at all unless they surprise us and get off to a good start and there might be some good value in there but when I see Wilkes and KLP at 6.5 it's not really appearing for a game week one team is it? No Not when there's options like Swift for the same price and Willock there's a lot of more reliable players from last year than unknowns Right, so I think um, first team down then, we're giving Hull a massive swerve and we'll move on next to Coventry, who obviously just stayed up last season. Um, they are back at home at the Rico Arena now, aren't they, I believe? So yeah. that's going to be a completely different story with fans in. That could be good. We don't know. But um, at Harley M10, here's our Coventry correspondent. Give him a follow. Um, this was his feedback on Coventry. So the notable key transfers out. Um, I can't. I'm going to struggle with some names tonight, and I've just realised like the first one I'm going to struggle with. Maxime Biamu. I think I got that right actually. Sam yeah. McCallum. He's returned to his parent club and then gone back. Leo Ostergaard and Marco Morosi. Notable key transfers in. Martin Wagon. Victor. Wow. Victor Giacares. Close. No, I don't know. No. I don't know. We struggled with this, didn't we? Yeah. Victor. Big Victor. Yeah, we'll go with Victor. Yeah, that sounds right. Simon Moore and Bright. Ino Bacardi. Yeah. I think that's close. Oh, what a guy. Class. Um, so, yeah, they the key transfers. And I've actually just like ruined all the, like, the flow in that, haven't I, with my pronunciations. <laughs> Uh, likely formation starting 11 is likely to be a 3-4-1-2. Uh, 
Um, so that's going to be more than goal. Um, Matson, who hasn't officially signed yet, and he would be on loan, but the Athletic have reported the deal is done. Um, so he's likely to play left wing back. Hi, um, McFadden and Rose centre backs so with Dabo right wing back. Schiefenheimer in the middle with Hoare playing as a 10. Waggon and Victor, and we're calling Victor still um, up front. Um, Simon Moore, he said in goal. He isn't too sure because Ben Wilson made a mistake that led to a goal at the end of the season. Said he needs to bring in a goalkeeper then. Hasn't. Many fans think Wilson, but Harley thinks more and goal. So we haven't really got too much information to go off there, have we? We don't know who's going to start. But the good thing is both of them are four million. So a lot of people are going both of them, aren't they? Is that something you do, Dan? Um, I've I've currently got more in my team. Um, it's four million, and if if he's starting, then it's, it's worthwhile just as backup. Um, so more will probably definitely be in my team, but I'm, I won't have them both. What about you, Angus? Have you got any of them too at four million? I've got more at the moment um, on the hope that he's the starter, but. Um hoping for sort of a, a greater sense of clarity. But uh, assuming they don't sign a keeper, I'll probably try and get the starting keeper there, given that it's 4.0 as my backup keeper. Yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare because I can see why everybody would have a 4 million keeper on the bench, but you still want him to be starting, don't you? So, yeah. you know, you two have both got more in your team. Harley said more, but then a lot of Coventry fans are still seeing Wilson. So it's a bit of a... Nightmares. It's kind of keep an eye on the next week to see if we can get any indications. I think Robin's press conference in next week will be quite vital. Hopefully, he'll give us something. Um, so yeah, that's that for the goalkeepers. Best defensive asset. Um, thanks to Dabo. So he's the right wing back. Gets forward, decent cross. Always looking to attack. Um, when they were in League One, he won Fans Player of the Year. He was unreal, apparently. Um, and then in the championship, it was a bit stop-start through injuries. So, Dabo Angus, 4.5 million. Would he be someone you'd consider or not? No, not for me. Um, I think he could be sort of down the line if this sort of pans out and he's actually sort of, you know, looking good going forward and whatever. But uh, particularly because I'm already doubled up on Coventry, a Coventry triple-up feels like a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And currently, I'm looking at investing quite heavily in my defence. So even if I end up with one 4.5 defender, I think there are better options than him. So he won't be for me. How many Coventry players have you got in your team at the moment, Dan? I've got two, obviously. Uh, one was more, and I've got O'Hare. Ah, interesting. So obviously, I can see why you wouldn't want to go with another one. And that takes us on to best attacking asset, which is Callum O'Hare. Um, he seems to be the obvious one for Coventry as well. I really like him as a player. Three goals and eight assists last season, which Harley thinks he's underachieved. Um, played all 46 games, so he'll be the main man in the attack again. What price is he? Five million? Too yeah. good to turn down, isn't it, really? Five million? Yeah, that's my thought. Uh, just great option to have at that price with sort of an attacking midfielder like that. How 
likely are you to actually have aware in your teams for game week one? I know they're in there now, but is it really strong chance you're going to keep them in? Well, keep him in. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I haven't taken O'Hare out since my first draft. He was part of um, when I was tinkering with the boosts. He was part of my plan for the boosts as well. So I think he could do better this season. A lot of the time, Coventry only played one up front last season. Um, towards the end, they moved to two strikers with O'Hare just behind, and they started to score a lot more goals. So I, I think there's a high chance that O'Hare could, could easily have been could easily get the same points as maybe a six point five seven million player. So I I'm, I really like O'Hare. Yeah, definitely. It's under the radar picks in Gustavo Hamer. And I like him as an actual footballer. I think he's a really good player. But as he's probably going to play like as a number eight, isn't he? And he's 0.5 more expensive than Aware. You're not going to go um, to him, are you, really, realistically? It's, it's Aware or nobody. Yeah, basically, pretty much that, yeah. And then last one then plays of his Mark Light, but you'd avoid. He's gone for Tyler Walker. He just thinks he won't get the start. And myself, I haven't seen Walker in many teams. But like we've just said, really, you're not going to go to him, are you, realistically? No, I'm not going to use up one of those valuable striker spots on Coventry. Dan, what about you? Yeah, pretty much the same same thinking. I think he done all right, Walker, last year. For his first main season in the championship, he's 6.5. If, the, if you're not sure he's going to start, I know off the top of my head, I think, um, well, uh, Clark Harris is six, Adebayo from Luton is six, I think Pushkas from Reading is six. Uh, I, I think he's, I think maybe he's just a little bit overpriced. Um, so yeah, and, and and as I had, I'm going to planning on having no hair. There's no way I'm having double. Okay. So just to summarise, Coventry then before we move on, it's they four million goalkeeper, Mora Wilson whoever starts, and aware at five million bargain, and we're just going to avoid the rest really realistically unless you know they surprise all of us, which we can't see. Um, league predictions, where about do you reckon Coventry will finish, Angus? 18th. It sounds about right. Dan? Um, I currently have them about 17th, 18th as well. Um, but, but the championship is so close. I think there's a lot of teams that could easily finish from 27, 22nd to um, 18th or, so, or 19th, 20th. So... I think that's a fair assessment of Coventry. It was very similar last year, wasn't it? Like, you know, you've got Coventry, um, Birmingham, Rotherham, and obviously ended up going down, but they were in around that mix. There's quite a lot of teams where you think four or five teams could actually go down here. So I think, yeah, you're probably right. That'll be similar. Next team then is Huddersfield and our correspondent at Denny underscore Redger. Um, I'll be honest, he has wrote me a massive essay um, on Huddersfield, so you have to bear with me while I try and like filter through that. This is as long as a Harry Potter book. Um, 
Let's see what we can get from this. So new sport key transfers out. There hasn't been anybody who they've lost who's quite significant, really. Um, it's all Deadwood players, backup players that have left. So they've got rid of 12. Um, they're likely 11. I don't think he's... They haven't really signed anybody because he's put nobody. They're likely either could be Joel Pereira and goal or Jason Lutweiler. Right back, Duhenny. Left back, Jaden Brown. Sorry, go on. I think they're the players um, they've released. Wow. That's two pages long. Yeah, it's because I was right. So, yeah, my bad, everybody. (laughs) I was reading for it and I was like, is this going to be their 11? Um, Because I got onto the centre backs and there was four of them. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, cheers for that, Dan. Um, notable key transfers in um, replacing those 12 players has been League One signing Lee Nichols, Ollie Turton at right back, Josh Ruffles at left back. None of them has played as high as the championship before. Um, Matty Pearson's come in from Wooten. Yeah, I should have clicked in then, shouldn't I, really? Because I knew they signed um, Pearson from you. They've got Levi Colwell on loan from Chelsea. Um, he seems to be a composed centre-back who brings it out of the back quite well. Jordan Rhodes has returned. Uh, Danny Ward and Fraser Campbell as the strikers. So you've got Rhodes, Ward and Campbell. This is quite hard to read through because there's that much. I'm trying to like, make sense of it all as I'm reading. Um, likely formation of starting 11. So this is actually accurate this time, Angus. I like, see you looking at me like, what is he doing? <laughs> so the starting 11, um, Carlos prefers a 4-3-3. Um, so who have we got here? So we've got Pippa, Pearson, and Colwell. Um, Saw to start the season. Toffolo, Holmes, Hogg, O'Brien, Thomas, Rhodes, and Caroma. The goalkeeper is 50 50 between Nichols and Schofield. Personally, he thinks Nichols is the better one. So this is quite hard to read through. So we'll just get into the best defensive assets. Wingbacks, Pippet and Toffolo, Dan. I think they, they would be everybody's favourites if they're going to go one. Pippet's at five, Toffolo's at 5.5. Do you agree with them? Yeah, I think um, we all know how well Toffolo done at the start of the season uh, before he got injured. Uh, especially with the wet, the scoring works. They were getting like half half a point, uh, sorry, half a clean sheet. And he was uh, doing well with bonus and assists and that. So 5.5 Toffolo is definitely an option. And throughout the season, he'll probably be in my team. Um, He's definitely an option. Pip is the same. He's uh, 5 million. So, yeah, I like both fullbacks. They're definitely options. and Definitely players I'm going to have on my short. Angus, what about you? Have you got any of them in your team or on your watch list? Uh, both on the watch list, neither in my team. Uh, is basically the simplest way of putting it. Seems to be a wait and see on Huddersfield, doesn't it? Whether they improve from last season. Yeah, I mean, it's partially that and partially just the other sort of assets, particularly around that price that they, for the moment, they've sort of been edged out. Yeah, I think I'd favour Pippa just to save the 0.5, but I'll be honest with you. I can't see myself going for any other field plays at the beginning. Um, whether I change my mind or not later on, I don't know. Um, best attacking asset and the best overall pick is Josh Caroma, but he is 8 million. Um, lasted 21 games, 8 goals, 2 assists. 
Andrew kept him out. Will you have him at eight million? He seems too expensive for me. No, not for me. Um... Dan? For me, I thought he should have been a midfielder. And I would have probably had him at 6.5, 7. Surprised at this price. And he plays left wing. He should have been a midfielder as well. So it's a shame because they start off with Derby, who are a bit of a mess, but can't spend 8 million on a Huddersfield striker. So even against Derby, it's a spot as well. I think similar to last season, you know, three strike spots are quite important, aren't they? And you don't want to be using one of them on a Huddersfield play. So, yeah, I agree there. Um, under the radar pick would be Colwell, but apparently there's an error adding to the game, so he won't be on until after game week one. So that's that under the radar pick straight out the window. Um, players others might like, but you should avoid. Um, he's seen Jordan Rhodes in a few t- few teams. You're not going. <laughs> Dan's laughing for um for them on the audio. You're not going. But he's actually put his predicted expected goals for the three strikers. He's had Jordan Rhodes six, Ward four, and Campbell two. So that just says open, just avoid, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely avoid the Huddersfield strikers unless Karoma. Now that he's a forward, is the only one. The others, nah, still well well clear. Yeah. I think um, it's quite clear we'll move on from Huddersfield. Um, just before we do, though, season prediction, roughly where about, Dan? I've got um, 21st, bottom six. I, I don't think they've done enough. I, the transfers don't haven't impressed me. Matty Pearson, solid low, lower half centre-back, wasn't first choice at Luton when everyone was fit. Apparently, he's on treble the wages that what Luton were offering and got given a three-year deal. It's just absolutely mind-boggling. He, he's a he's a decent centre-half, old-fashioned, will kick it, head it. But as soon any pace near him, um, he struggles. I they, they're going to want to play out from the back and he's just not good enough with the ball at his feet. I'm, to, I just don't understand... You talking about Matty Pearson here, Dan, sounds like somebody like talking about their ex. Like someone <laughs> that you're like you really love, but you're just picking all the faults with them to make yourself feel better because they've gone. Uh, no, no, I'm I'm being honest. He he was back up at Luton, and he's he's just signed for the money basically. Jordan Rhodes was a sentimental signing. He's not done it. For yeah, me. it's. I just struggle. I I, I can't see him do, them doing anything. There's a high risk they go down, really. I'm being serious. I think, Angus, it's safe to say Dan isn't a fan of Huddersfield. Um, <laughs> your prediction for the season for them? Uh, I put them in about the 20th range. Like, I haven't written down a table as such, but I'd put them about there. Yeah, off the top of my head. I think we need to make a name for this little area of the league that's from like 20. 20- second 21st up to about 17th 16th where all them teams could possibly go down but then they might be okay um we'll move on i agree with you i've got no interest in Huddersfield. um next team then is birmingham 
and our correspondent at FPL underscore BCFC 1875. Um, give Liam a follow. Notable key transfers out to Alavich. I guess he's poor because no one really left him. You know, he wasn't really in, was he, Alavich? I know he played a few, but he was more of a name signing, wasn't he? Um, transfers in. So you've got Chong from United, Aneke, Sanderson from Wolves. Um, so I think they're good signings, to be fair, actually, just looking at them on paper. Starting 11, he's probably difficult to say. Probably a 3 5 2 with Efridge and goal. Sanderson, Dean and Roberts, and then midfield of Colin Woods, Gardner, Pedersen, Sanchez behind Hogan and Duke. We'll call him Duke because I definitely won't be able to say his name. Um, he has put, though, it's not quite set in stone on the formation. They've played different formations through pre-season, but Bowie said don't read anything into that. Um, so best def- defensive asset then, he has put Colin Pedersen, so he's coming in at five and a half million. Angus, how do you feel about that five and a half million for a Birmingham defender? Once I get over the mental block of it being a Birmingham defender, I think Colin could be good at that price. There were times last year where he was he was he did very well. And I think you know it will be tough over some of the other guys that sort of five five point five six, but particularly if if Birmingham start well, if Birmingham sort of carry on the way they sort of finished the season under Boya, then particularly Colin could be a good asset at that price. He's about zero point five too expensive for me. If he was five, he'd appeal a bit more. I'm not saying I'd have him, but he'd appeal mm-hmm. more. I had him quite a bit last year, and then he fucked me right over because I kind of kept him when Birmingham went really bad under Cranky, so I'm still haunted from that. Dan Pedersen, asset for you? Um, it's pretty much like Colin, isn't it, really, isn't it? He's the left-back or left-wing-back. Um, they did sign, though, um, a, a left-back in... Hold on, let me just find it. Castillo. Um, he's five million, so I'm not sure how how um, secure Pedersen is at the minute. Uh, I'd imagine Pedersen is going to be nailed because Liam didn't mention him in his notable key transfers in and obviously hasn't put his line-up. But if they go to a back four, I have no idea with him. So to me, they're a little bit expensive. I'm not going to go on Roberts at 5 million. Sanderson, though, 4.5 million. Is he an option if Birmingham start well? I think he's underpriced. He can play uh, right back or centre back. Um, I think he's 0.5 too cheap. Um, when you when you put in uh, the prices of the other players, especially if he if there's an injury and he can play right back or centre back, if they play three centre backs, it's not the worst option. He's going straight on my shortlist. Now you've said that, now I know he can play right back as well. I know he was on loan at Sunderland, but I'll be honest, I didn't watch League One football, um, so I'm not too aware of him, but that appeals to me, so going straight in my basket, definitely. Midfielder then, well, not midfielder, um, attacking assets. Um, he has put Duke, so I won't try to pronounce his name, but 6.5 forward. Dan, does he appeal to you? 
he's definitely um, an option, isn't he? Uh, if if Bowie carries on playing like he did towards the end of the season, which was just get crosses in for Djokovic, he's probably the best backstick uh, striker in the league. So he's definitely an option at 6.5. Um, I, I quite like the the cheap bracket this season. I think there's some really good strikers around 6.5 and 6 million. So it's definitely uh, one to watch. Um, they improved their wingers as well um, during the preseason. Obviously, they had Sanchez and Bella there. They've loaned um, Chong in from Man United, who's rated very highly. Yeah. And um, Graham done very well last season. I think he was at Gillingham. He got a uh, decent... Uh, decent stats there last year so yeah I think Birmingham could be better going forward and if if Djokovic becomes their talisman at 6.5 he's definitely one to keep an eye out he's going to be one of them where you know you're, 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 if he goes on a little run you're going to look at him and think I should get him but I don't know if it's just me but I'm put off and I don't like it's just Birmingham insist I need to get over this metal bot before the season starts of how bad they were last season. And I think it doesn't help because Liam, the course where I give him loads of stick about Birmingham being shit. So that's kind of like stuck in my head a bit. But six point five is cheap enough, isn't it? You know, if you're going for two premiums, yeah. um he's definitely an option on the cheaper strikers. So the best overall pick then. Um, he's actually put Colin. So he's got Pedersen as best defensive asset, Duke is his best attacking, but Colin is the best overall pick. So I know we've, we've just briefly spoke about him anyway, so we don't really need to go into detail. Um, but five and a half million for Colin or Pedersen, who are you going for? Colin or Pedersen if you had one? Colin. Dan? Colin, I'd go. Yeah, I'd go Colin. Um, but like, like I said, I like. If we, we find out who's nailed in in uh, on the wings, if you've got it's a nice six or five point five million options, um, yeah, I think we're all going to have one or two players around that price in our team. So at some point, we're probably going to have one of those wingers for Birmingham if they're on a decent run in form. I think. Under the radar pick, he's put Gardner, and I'm sorry, but I'm not having that. I, I, there's absolutely no chance Gardner will ever, ever be in my team. At five million, when I can have a wear at Coventry, I think he's just picked someone just for the sake of it or just to try and like wind me up. I'm not too sure. <laughs> Is Gardner going to be in any of your teams? No. <laughs> Gardner, brilliant. Um, and just one player I do want to mention as they signed him, Aneke. Um I don't know a lot about him. Um, and I saw a TikTok of him in a friendly the other night. And my God, is he a beast? Yeah. He was just ploughing through the defenders. And I mean, like, Yaya Torre 8.20 style. He was not. And I messaged Liam straight away. And I was like, he's a beast. And he thinks, you know, if he gets started, he could be right. The only problem is he's 7 million, isn't he? 0.5 cheaper than Duke. Do you think he could yeah. be an option, Dan? Um, I think he was used a lot for Charlton off the bench. So when teams got tired, they just bring him on and he basically just cause havoc. So 
I'm not sure if he starts the season. Obviously, uh, Liam reckons it's going to be Djokovic and Hogan. But if they play 4-3-3, I guess it's Djokovic plays up front with one of the wingers we've, we've previously talked about. So, it's wait and see. Um, maybe he's a 0.5 too much, but never know. Right. Next team then, and it's your team, Dan Luton. So, I'm going to let you do the honours. The only thing I request is you don't go on and on and on because I'm fed up of seeing like predictions of Luton in the top six now. Why is everybody predicting Luton? You, one, you let us all know, Dan. Uh, to be honest, I, I don't think we are going to get top six. Uh, Me either. I think it's because, you know, there's always a team that signs loads of players and because they've signed eight players and teams have only signed one or two, it looks like they're doing biz- good business. And I think I think we've done decent business, but we've lost some players as well. Um, so, uh, Trags was out. We lost Dewsbury Hall, who was probably one of the best centre mids in the league. He's gone back uh, to Leicester. Wouldn't surprise me if he's in in and around the squad for Leicester. Uh, we lost Collins to Cardiff. Um, I think we knew it was it, that was going to happen because we signed Adebayo in January and he, he gradually got phased out. But he's been our top goal scorer the last two seasons. I think every season he's been with us four four seasons. He got double figures every year. Um, so that's a loss uh, just from the squad or starting 11. Uh, like I said, we lost Matty Pearson, who did play a lot of games, whether it was right-back or centre-back. Um, but I feel like we've, we've, um, we've replaced him. And we lost Moncur, uh, who joined Hull. Um, we signed two good wingers to play left wing. Um, so I think we've, we've covered Moncur. Um, so the eight players we signed, we signed Amari Bell from Blackburn. Um, He's not played that much in pre-season. He's been away playing for Jamaica. Um, he can play left back or left wing back. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick him yet. We signed Burke from Hull. Uh, I think he's going to be back up to Lockyer and Bradley. Uh, we signed Campbell, who I think is probably one of our best signings. Could that turn out to be one of the best signings in the championship this season? Uh, I know Angus rates uh, Campbell quite highly. Um, yeah, got him from Motherwell um, on a free, and there were a lot of Championship clubs, and apparently Rangers and Celtic were in for him as well. Uh, we got uh, Lansbury. Um, we needed a bit of experience. We lost a lot of uh, players, uh, old players. So um, yeah, so we, Lansbury in. Obviously, he didn't have a great end to the season at Bristol City, but who did at Bristol City? Um, he knows our first-team coach. Uh, they played together at Forest, where he done really well at. So I think Lansbury, if he can get fit, has that bit of quality we might need. Um, he signed Onyedema and Mendes Gomez, two left-wingers. Uh, we really struggled with left-wing. We played about five or six different players there. Never got a settled left-winger. So we signed Onyedema from Wickham. Um, I went to a friendly on Saturday against Portsmouth and I was impressed. I know it was only against Portsmouth League One, but he had a lot more to his game than I thought he was. I thought he was just uh, power and pace, but he 
we done a breakthrough, but he set up the goal for Adebayo. He's a bit quick, um, bit clever on the ball, so I was impressed with him. Mendes Gomez is one of the highest rated uh, players coming out of League Two. He got promoted with Morecambe. Um, a lot of clubs were after him. We paid about half a million for him. And then we signed uh, two strikers, Musquay, who was on loan at Wickham. We signed from Leicester. Um, and we signed Cameron Jerome, just just experienced backup. Um, so, yeah, uh, likely formation. I think we're going to play 4-3-3. Uh, but sometimes we will play uh, three or five at the back. Um, Players we have signed can play multiple systems and positions. So I think 4-3-3 is what I'll go to, but we will play 3-5-2 at some point. So Sluger in goal, uh, Bree at right back, centre-backs will be Lockyer and Bradley. Left back is really up in the air. It's between Naismith, Potts to start the season, Bell's in there as well. Uh, centre-mids, um, Campbell will definitely play, and I think Lansbury will. But uh, Pelly Ruddock um, took a long time to sign his contract, um, so he came back three weeks late. So I don't think he starts the season, so we'll probably start with Glenn Ray. Uh, our two wingers, uh, I've got Jordan Clark, had a brilliant pre-season, scored six goals from the wing. Um, yeah, he was a bit of an unsung hero uh, last year. He can pl- basically play right back, left back, centre mid, left wing, right wing, um, which didn't help him out, but his best position is right wing. Um, on your Dima left wing, I've gone over, and strikers had a Bayo. So, yeah, that's that's the starting lineup. I don't know if you want to ask any questions, guys. Gomez, how many minutes, uh, how much minutes do you reckon he'll get? Because I like the look of him. I haven't seen a lot of him. Yeah, yeah he's a good. He's very raw, good, tricky player. Um, I think, though, Jones will go with experience to start season. Um, so I think we'll start with Onya Dima and he'll gradually get phased into the team. Um, in the friendly, he only came, he came on for 20 minutes, so I didn't see too much. But he's a tricky player, pace powerful. Um Will definitely be an option, but like I said, uh, wingers are probably our strongest uh, position this year. We've also got Cornick as well, um, so it's just trying to find out which who's guaranteed start, and if he is at five point five, they're all five point five. I think they'll be good, a good option because I think we'll be more attacking this year. If you you know you do as well as a lot of people think you're gonna do. There's obviously a lot of value in defence there. You've only got Bradley at five. The rest of them are 4.5 or four. Who would you go to as the best defensive asset if you had to have one defender in? James Bree is the best defensive. Uh, he, he struggled with injury last year, but that was because he didn't really have a proper pre-season. He kept on getting thrown in and kept on getting injured. But he did do well towards the end of the season uh, for bonus. Um, so if we keep clean sheets, because he basically dribbles with the ball, he gets uh, a lot of dribbles and things like that. Um, he's also on set piece, some set pieces, Bree. So Bree is Bree's the best option in defence. And he's currently in my team. How many Luton players have you got? One. Just Right, OK, just him. 
Angus, yeah. have you got any Wooten players in your team at the moment? No. So when it first started, I did have two in there. I had Bree and I had Campbell. Um, they've both made their way out as I've been tinkering, but they will still be staying on my w- watch list, though. I'd buy you, Dan. I liked him when he joined you. Um, I'm trying to think of you. A kickoff game that you were on Sky. It might have been Brentford. Did you play Brentford as nearly kickoff at home last season? No. Uh, Swansea. Swansea, that was it. Yes, Swansea. In that game, five minutes. He was very lively, putting himself about. He just looked like he got composure. Do you reckon he'll score goals this year? Uh, so he got six. I think he got six goals last year. Um, I think he'll. I think he'll get double figures, um, and I think we'll create more chances for him. But what I was impressed because uh, at the friendly he played, and that's the first time I've seen him live. He, he's he's an all-round striker. He's he's going to be really good. I'll, I'll be surprised in a couple of seasons if he, we've not sold him on for a few million. He, he's quick. He's good. Good in the air. Can good touch. Um, yeah, I, he'll be an option um, at six million. He's definitely an option. Well, it's that price bracket, and uh, the players in it. He's in around. He's he's appealing into if you were you know if you spent your budget on premium forwards and you need that cheap one, so you're looking at like Clark Harris and stuff and people. I'd buy you could definitely be that player to fill in that third slot, couldn't he? Definitely, and I think he will be on penalties as well. Um, he took one last year when Collins wasn't on the pitch, and obviously Collins was our penalty taker, so. I don't don't think anyone will take it above him. So, yeah, I think he's on penalties as well. OK, and to just summarise Luton then, Angus, your prediction for them? 11th. 11th. I'm going to go between 14th and 12th, 11th. Do you know, just comfortable, you like, really comfortable. I have us 12. I think we've changed the squad a lot. I think we might start slowly um, and improve over the season. But it's the championship. If we get a couple of injuries, we'll be 18. So, yeah. We'll see then. We'll see. So, we'll go on to Millwall now. So, our correspondent is at Deptford Diva 125. Um, her name is Donna. Transfers out then, nothing notable yet, but she has put they may need to sell Jed Wallace and Hutchison to raise funds, but that's a wait and see. There's nothing in that yet. Um, transfers in, um, Savile, Ballard and Afobi. Likely formation is a 5-3-2, but she does feel with fans being back and if they draw so many games this season again, that the fans could turn and it could end up going into a 4-2-3-1. Um, but the 5-3-2 that she's gone with is Balakowski and Goal, um, Ballard, Hutchinson, Cooper Malone and McNamara, Leonard Savile and Mitchell, Jed Wallace and uh, Phoebe. Um, Millwall, where do we start with Millwall? They seem to um, frustrate me every single week, Millwall, because defensively they're very good, but their prices are so high in Gaffey. You've got Malone, who's 6.5 now, after a good season last year. 
Hutchinson and Cooper at six, and the rest are five and a half and five. Defensively, Angus, who would you be looking at? And have you got any, actually? I haven't got any. Um, initially, I had Malone. He's another one who's uh, gradually made his way out of my team. But I do like him, and I will have him at some point, I'm sure. Um, he's the standout one. Um, I, If he gets game time, I really like Ballard, which particularly if you're looking to sort of keep points ticking over, him at uh, 5 million could be a good um, option as well. Dan, what about you? Yeah, I think Malone's the go-to in the end. I think he's rightfully priced at 6.5. He was basically playing left wing at times. So I can see his price. But the problem is it, it's the same thing. You can get uh, teams that have just come down from the Premiership for 6.5. And it's just snobbery. We, that's the way we'll look at it until we have to go to Malone. Um, so he's definitely on the watch list, and he should be. Um, interesting that Donath thinks McNamara is going to play over Romeo on the right, the, the other wing back. That is interesting. He's five million as well. I've, I've not seen too much of him, but if he's half as attacking as Malone, that that, and I'm guessing Jed Wallace will drift out there as well. That that's um, that's one to keep an eye on. I think. Malone last year, obviously a lot of people liked him, he was really good. I remember coming off him to prepare for double game weeks. and I think it was a QPR, it might have been Wallace I brought him out for, I can't remember. But it was horrible not owning him, because when you watch the highlights on Quest, I can guarantee you there was at least one chance where he's either scored or that he's nearly scored. So, it's just 6.5. I think Dan's it, it's like spot mm. on, it's a snobbery because I'm looking at it and I think I can't pay six and a half million for a Millwall defender, but we could do really, couldn't we? But attacking wise, I think this is where we struggled with them last year. You got Jed Wallace at 10 million, Bennett's at seven and a half, and the rest are six and below. A phobie 7.5 million. I must have missed that one when we're looking through the prices because that is scandalous. I, oh, seven and a half million. I have seen that guy play and he is not worth seven and a half million. Um, attacking wise, do you go anywhere, Dan? It's Jeff Wallace, isn't it? It's 10 million. I, I feel bad because for, he scores a lot of points, but for 10 million, I want to captain him or vice captain. And maybe there is a case to just get him in and just put him as your vice captain because he'll do well with a bonus and he'll keep ticking over but I can't I can't pay 10 million for Jeff if he was 9 or 8.5 then I think he's a great option maybe it's snobbery again and if he is playing up front now as well apparently but 10 million for Jed Wallace <laughs> that's mine but Angus can you explain to um, the new listeners that may be playing Gaffer for the first time this season, they'll be listening to Dan there and thinking, hang on, is this the Jed Wallace who was the second highest scoring midfielder last season? Yeah. Um, but I think I think the most illustrative way I can put it is that when we did our awards pod at the end of the season, 
I went to put him as flop of the season. And that was the first time I discovered that he was the second highest scoring midfielder. So he does pick up the points, but you don't really notice him do it. And I think that's part of the problem. And like Dan said, you know, the biggest issue for me is he's a 10 million pound midfielder that you might captain like twice. Yeah. And he's not explosive, is he? Like last year, he, he does pick up bonus points, like quite a lot of them, because that's what's got him so many points. Yeah. But, you know, if you're going to stick the captain on him or the vice captain, you want a chance of getting like a goal and assist or, you know, a double digit haul. Is Jag Wallace going to do that for you in that Millwall team? I mean, possibly, but like particularly, obviously, for the people who aren't as familiar in Gaffer, where the, the top bonus gets four points, it's easier in that you can basically do it with one return and get into double digits. Yeah. But I think he's one of those where he might actually end up in more teams as a few of these premiums leave the league. So as the likes of Pereira, Dan Juma, if one or two of those higher priced strikers leave the division, Ched Wallace at 10 million, like, yes, he's more expensive, but if you're struggling to spend the budget elsewhere, he might end up in a few more teams for that sort of dependable option where the fact that he's that higher price doesn't matter. But particularly with the the sort of assets you can get elsewhere, I think you look at Jed Wallace at 10 million and it's tough to justify. Okay, let me ask you both a question then. Jed Wallace at 10 million. If he played for West Brom, would you have him? Is it a Millwall thing or is it a Jed Wallace thing that we put off by? Dan? It's a Millwall thing. It's a Mill- so you'd have him, if he played for West Brom, you'd have him at 10 million? I think he would. Yeah, Angus? I think he would. I don't think so. I think, it, like, but whereas when it's at Millwall, you're like, I'd have him if he's if he was 8 million. Yeah. I think if it like you know, if he was slightly low at West Brom I'd have him, but like particularly at this point, like I said, particularly if it's the same argument where a few players are leaving and you've got Jed Wallace at West Brom at ten million, you're like, Yeah, sure, I'll go with him instead. I think it's a Millwall thing for me. And also this is like my downfall as a fantasy manager, because I've kind of like gone against him all season last year because I'm adamant, like, he's not worth it. I feel like I hate him. <laughs> I know that sounds stupid, but it's like I want him to blank every single game week, and then now that's rubbed off in my head. So I think it's a bit of both for me. But, yeah, Jed Wallace at 10 million, no thank you. But I can see why others would. Um, so let's summarise Millwall before we move on then, because it's always defence or Wallace. Any other assets that interest you, Angus? I, in part because he, he was slightly cheaper last season, but he did pick up quite a few points. I quite like George Saville at six million. He did a good job last season of ticking over points. Um, obviously, it was at cheaper price, so a lot more people had him because um, I think he was a million cheaper or so. So it was a better uh, asset to have. But we've seen that he's someone who who ticks over on the points and maybe it's the addition of someone like him that helps them a bit more going forward where, you know, they've already got the attacking players, but maybe they just need that bit of extra help in between in midfield. So he's he's one I'm I'm sort of keeping half an eye on at six million. Okay, Dan. Uh like I said, it's McNamara. 
I, I'm looking all Romeo, whoever, if it looks like one of them and nailed down the right back, possibly them. Yeah. I feel bad because I actually think Millwall are going to do pretty well this year. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to be top eight, top ten again. So I, I just I, don't I have... see that, but the, you know they grind out results and they're tough to beat. But from a fantasy football point of view, they're about as useful as Hull at the moment to me because they're expensive and. They don't get you lots of points other than like Wallace and Malone last season. But um, just before we move on, Berkowski six point five, too expensive for you or? It's it's coming back around. I had him for a while last season where yeah. I think he was five point five, and he did well for me. Particularly, obviously, with the half clean sheets, he he would often sort of keep accumulating points. And like I say, particularly with the, there being fewer premiums, with some of the issues at, or uncertainty at places like Cardiff and having more of the budget going, if it's beginning to feel more justifiable. I think if I were going to go, particularly in the 6.5 bracket, it would be him. Um, but it's beginning to feel a bit more justifiable to spend sort of a bit higher, a bit more of your budget on the keeper. So I, while I don't think I will, I wouldn't like 100% rule it out. And Dan? Um, Too much. Yeah. Season predictions then. Dan, I'll start with you. You think they might might do well? Yeah, I've got them about eighth. Angus? Seventh. I'd say anywhere from 12th to 8th. Don't think they'll bother the playoffs, but they'll be... They'll be up there. They'll have good runs and stuff. So, yes, last two teams, and and these are the team I'm probably most excited about this season. Uh, I've got a really good feeling for them, and that is QPR. Um, so our QPR correspondent is at Chris Hermitage. Um, noticeable key transfers out none that have matter. They've lost no first team players really. Um, key transfers in though. They've done really good business early on. So. Charlie Austin, Stephen Johansson, Sam Field, and Jordy D. Is it Wes? Uh, Weiss, I think. Weiss? Okay, I'll take Weiss then. Um, so they've all turned their loan moves into permanent ones. So that's really good getting them done early. They've also signed Andre Dazzle from Ipswich, who's a deep line playmaker. Jimmy Dunn's come in from Burnley for free. So that adds depth to the centre back. Sam McCallum on loan from Norwich at left wing back, so that means Wallace isn't guaranteed to play every game. Moses Odubojo, um, he's likely to sign this week. Um, he's a good option at right wing back. Um, so, like the formation of starting 11, definitely be a back three, apparently. Diang and Goal, Dickey. I've already forgot how you just told me, Seth. So you've literally just told me 30 seconds ago. I think it's DeWeiss. Dickie DeWeiss, I'm never going to get used to that. And Barbette. Um, Audrey Bajeo at right wing back if he signs. Wallace's wing back, which is interesting because to me, him and McCallum, it was a 50 50 in my eyes, but I'm still scared to go either. Um, Johansson in the middle, Chair, Willock, and Austin and Dykes. So that's very attacking um, that way, even though like, they're playing that back. 
what it's a back five and it's really win backs. Um, best defensive asset, Lee Wallace, even if McCallum plays games over Wallace, he's still a good pick at his price. Do you agree with that, Dan? Would you pay? F- I know he's only 4.5 million, he was good last year, but would would you have him knowing that McCallum might play there? Um, so somehow I never had Lee Wallace last year, um, but I think he's the value is correct. Four point five is correct. Yeah, but I do. I think McCallum is going to get in this team because Wallace is he, he's not getting younger, and especially at the start, I want players that I know are going to play. Just can't can't go for that. What is interesting though is if Adebayo does sign, um, I'm guessing he'll be probably four point five, might be five. Um, got decent history in in, uh, in this league. Was very good with um, Warburton at Brentford a few years ago. So yeah, I think I'd probably uh, I think I'd prefer him. Than either of the left backs, if they if they do sign, and if, if he had signed McCallum, I'd have been all over Wallace again. Yeah, you know he was brilliant last season. This is interesting though. Best attacking asset, he's gone for Willock and the best overall pick. So six million, that's a massive factor. Six million, absolute bargain. I can see him and Oair being in a lot of teams, especially after this pod goes out. Because uh, we're going to big them up, obviously. So his form at the end of last season was remarkable, to be fair. Him and Dykes were really good at the end of the year. Um, Chris's point shows why he was at Arsenal when he was younger. Are any of you two not going with Willock? Is that a stupid question? Uh, he's been in my draft for a while. Um, I think he was in in within about two days. Um so and he's been there ever since. So, what's interesting as well, though, you've got you know you compare him to Chair. I love Chair last year; he was really good. But he's seven and a half. So there's a million and a half extra. Austin's coming at nine million, which is one of the premium forwards. And then Dykes' his end of form and a season form has got him an eight million price tag, which isn't ideal. I'd be more appealed to him if he was like seven million. Um, eight million seems quite a lot, but Six million, how can you not do it? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I, I remember sort of high, talking about him down the stretch of last season with how well he was doing, and so when he came in at six, it just felt like a no brainer, really. Have you got any other QPR players other than Will at Kangas? I've got Lyndon Dykes. Oh, you like him at eight million? Yeah, talk to me about that then because I that seems just a bit too expensive for me. I think he'll get goals. Um, I think Dan has done the same. Uh, I have actually put money on Lyndon Dykes to be the top scorer in the championship this season. Yeah. Um, You've both put money on Dykes to be top goal scorer? Yeah. Each way. I've done £25 each way. 66 to 1. That's ridiculous. so if you just put it on because of the odds were that big, so so you believe a a part of it was the value, and then a part of it is for me. I think he'll be right up there. I genuinely believe he'll be right up there. I think QPR, as Chris has said, with how attacking their team was and is going to be, 
there will be goals in that team. Dyke's goal out- output, particularly once both Willock and Austin were in the team, went up. And I think he could be someone who thrives um, in that team. So, like, particularly with, you know, when we're talking about each way in terms of top four places, like, if Lyndon Dykes was in the top four or five goal scorers come the end of the season, I would be utterly unsurprised by that. Interesting. I'm guessing you've got him in your team as well, then, Dan. Uh, no. So you don't back him that much, though. No? <laughs> uh, I don't think he's a, he's a terrible pick, but I've basically just changed my, my original lineup was Mitrovic, Moore, and Clark Harris which I yeah. think is fair enough with the fixtures. I've now put in Moussa, who is 8 million. So I've got if I've got like a placeholder for him and I've got Collins from Cardiff at the minute. Um, he's definitely someone who's an option in Gaffer. He's a million cheaper than Austin. Austin's getting on a bit. And how many times did Austin just play 60 minutes, 65 minutes? Yeah, yeah. They, so they also you, don't have any more strikers from what, what it, they've got a, a very young, highly rated uh, striker coming through in Kelman. Uh, maybe they can play Willock up front, but I think eight million. I I would rather go Dykes than than Austin, and it's a pretty easy decision. Okay, couple of quick fire questions for you then regarding QPR. Start with the goalkeeper, Diang, 5 million. Good option or not? Yeah, definitely. Very much in my thoughts at the moment. And I think had him in at one point, took him out. Wouldn't be surprised at all if he came back into my draft. Did very well for me last season after he came into the team. And I think he's a good keeper. I think that price could be great. I'm quite surprised he's five because a couple of keepers have had price rises from last year. And I thought he'd have gone to five and a half. Um, so five million is good. Dan, five million good for you? Yeah, to be honest, I like the five million price uh, bracket. I've had um, Diang in for a long time. I've now uh, switched to the Stoke goalie. I think it's going to be Davis. But I think there's other great options. There's uh, Bentley. Um, there's also Co- Collins from Barnsley. Uh, it looks like if Bournemouth don't sign a goalie, you've got uh You've got Travis. So there's options at five, and that's one of the reasons why I don't think going for uh, Baikowski for Millwall or an expensive goalkeeper is essential. Yeah, completely agree. Um, You might change your mind on your goalkeeper you got in, but I'll let Kyle discuss that on the next pod. Um, Midfielders, obviously, Willock, we've got chair, a good option. Yes or no, Angus? Yes, seven and a half. Not as good as not as good as Willock and loses some appeal because Willock is at six. But I still think Chair is a good asset. Dan, I think Chair is priced fairly, and I think Willock is probably 0.5 too cheap. I think I think Chair's guaranteed to play every game, whereas I think if maybe they go a bit more defensively, I think Willock comes outside. You could definitely argue a case of having both of them in, couldn't you? Because it's seven and a half million, still quite cheap for chair compared to some of the other midfielders in the game. So 
Chair's definitely my thought still, but definitely Willock. And last question on QPR. Well, second to last. Austin at nine million. Not forget Dykes for a minute. Would you consider him at nine million? I don't. I don't like him there. No, Dan. I think he's too much. Too much. I agree. I also think Dykes is though. So that's just me and um, Okay. Last question then. Season predictions for QPR. Angus. Uh, playoffs. So I'm not sure where within it, but I've got QPR making the playoffs. And you, Dan? Uh, between eighth and fifth. Eighth and fifth. I've actually I've I I am really really backing them, and I've had him a second. I think they'll go up. <laughs> Dan's face for the da- Dan's, for Dan's hearing this take. He's just the nearly first choked time. on his orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> No, really impressed with their recruitment, bringing the players back in. Apparently, they had a loan, added depth. I think that was their downfall last year. Ended the season really well, like Warburton. Um, fans back in, that could help them. Yeah, optimistic for QPR. And then, last team then. We've gone slightly over the hour, um, which was kind of inevitable, wasn't it, really? But we'll go through the last team then. Um West Brom. So our correspondent is at Kaza FPL. Uh, give him a follow if you want to see him winding up about XG and all the shit like that. Um, no transfers out really, um, but Johnson and Pereira seem likely to go. So obviously that's a massive issue for us gaffer players. Johnson, not so much. Um, I wasn't really considering him at that price anyway. Pereira, we know how good he is. We'd love to have him in our teams, but it doesn't seem worth it. Um, key transfers in. Mawitz joined from Barnsley and Matt Clark, who was on loan at Derby last year, has come in from Brighton. So the likely formation of starting 11, he thinks is going to be a 3-4-3. Um, but in, in goal, Bartley, Ajay and Clark centre-backs. That is a top back three, isn't it, really, for Championship? Yeah. That yeah, is... Some back three. Um, Furlong, Mowat, Livermore and Townsend, Phillips, Grant and Dean Garner. That is some championship team, isn't it, when you read it out like that? Yeah. Starting goalkeeper, so he doesn't know, but it's looking like it's going to be Button right now um, with obviously Johnson going. What's going to be interesting is if Johnson doesn't get a move, does he start and goal against Bournemouth on next Friday? I think so. If if there's not a move sort of imminent, I think he's got to, haven't he? Because he's not, from what I know, I haven't heard anything anyway, he's not like he's forcing a move, is he? No. He's just expected to go, so. But the only downfall is you might be thinking, oh, if Johnson goes, I'll get Button in because he's going to be cheaper because he's his backup. He's still six million and Palmer's six million. So it's just, it's a massive no thank you, isn't it, goalkeeper wise? Um, yeah. there's just, I think there's cheaper goalkeepers that are 100% nailed. It's, it's not worth taking risks. Best defensive assets then. Uh, no surprise, it's the wing-backs, Townsend and Furlong. If, Angus, I'll start with you. Have you got any of them to win your team at the moment? Uh, I've got Townsend and Furlong in my team. Wow, yes. So that, 
the six million each there's twelve yeah. million in your budget, but like you said, you're investing in your defence anyway, aren't you? You spent nearly thirty million. Yeah. Haven't you? That's right. So probably the best team in the league. Yeah. Possibly the best defence in the league. Two of the most attacking fullbacks in the league. It's an is it a no brainer? Are they this season's Bidwell and Roberts? I think I wouldn't go as far as a no brainer, particularly because I think even in the six million, there's a six six point five million area. There's a there's a number that are that are good, and so yeah. depending on how you want to structure your team, I wouldn't necessarily say having both is a no brainer. But I think if you don't have one, at least one, you're putting yourself behind the eight ball from the start. Yeah. What about you, Dan? So uh, since the launch of the game, I've had furlong in. And everything I've heard uh, during pre-season, Townsend's been just as good. So I've gone and got both in at the minute. But like Angus said, there's the Sheffield United lads, the Fulham lads, Malone. Uh, There's a lot of good defenders this year. So I'm not definitely set on that. I might want two attacking players. Um, Also, I think the fixtures, uh, let me just think... Let me just have a look. Yeah, they've got Bournemouth and Sheffield United in the first three. So it's one of them. I might not start with. Does that put you off, Dan? Because me and Angus spoke about this on Planet FPL um, the other day. Me personally, and I'm going to do it this year, fixtures don't bother me, especially for a team like West Brom. Because in this league, it's very unpredictable, as we all know. Do you think... Well, would you be put off having some just because of them fixtures in the first three? Uh, I think maybe not as the season went on, but it's a new manager. They're learning a new system. Um, got probably two of the four best teams that you're facing. It could go horribly wrong. True. It could be down at the bottom of the table. You don't know. I, I think... I think if if they played them later on in the season, I wouldn't be bothered with with having two defenders. But I think I think the fact that it's so early on and there's a lot of unknowns that I think are more likely to only have one. And that leads me on quite decently to the next question. Actually, if you just had to have one of them, who would it be? I'll start with you, Dan. I don't know. I've had Furlong in my team for so long, but I don't know. Townsend seems to be doing quite well, so I don't know. I feel like if I take out Furlong now, then I'm going to get really punished, so I'd probably go with Furlong. (laughs) Angus, what about you? Just the one of them? Uh, I'd probably edge Townsend. From what I've seen and heard of the pre-season, he's sort of doing a bit more of the creating from the left wing back spot so um i'd see a bit better potential for returns in him but it's very close it was feeling for me but what's quite interesting kaz's best um overall pick is townsend left left wing back and key creator that he's put so the decision's going to be made there aren't they so it's gonna be quite interesting to see what people do do they double up if they don't, which one do they go? And 
I'm not going to do it myself. I did consider it, but I've been talked out of it. People might go with Jay. He's 0.5 more. He's a massive aerial threat. Angus, you're shaking your head. It's a massive no for you there. No, I, d- I don't like it. Um, he's definitely a solid aerial threat from set pieces. You know, probably he might pick up some bonus, but like it's 0.5 more than these wing backs that we've just said could be two of the best defensive assets in the league. Yeah. Dan, what about you? Yeah, I agree with Angus. I think, yes, uh, maybe Ajay scores maybe similar to Morrison, but I think that the, the wing backs are going to do so well on bonus. If they start creating, get bonus, get clean sheets, you're looking at double figures easily for, um, for the wing backs. Okay. We're about to move up the field then. Um, best attacking assets. He said it's tough to say, uh, but out the front three, um, it's more than likely going to be Grant. He's going to be the main man. So this is quite hard because they're going to have what Dean Garner, Phillips, and Grant as a front three. Phillips has played through the middle, but I think has thinks Grant will, I think, by saying he's the main man. Out of them front three, who are you most likely to go to, Dan? Yeah, start with you, Dan, because I know what Angus is going to say. I've got Phillips in my team. Angus, who are you going to put? I've got Phillips in my team. Yeah, and, and, and Phillips is the one for me as well. Uh, I thought I was being quite clever by spotting him and thinking, you know, a bit of a differential, but Phillips at seven and a half compared to Dean Garner at nine and Grant being a forward at 9.5, yeah, it seems to make sense, doesn't it? Yeah, and we've seen him do well in the championship before. Like, Obviously, he hasn't necessarily put up, put up the numbers in the Premier League even last season, but I feel like we've seen numerous times before with Matt Phillips, yes, he's getting older, but we've seen numerous times with him before in the championship as well. You know, If he, if he manages to stay fit, if he plays get, and gets on the pitch, plays games... He tends to be involved at the attacking end of the pitch, so I do like him, particularly for 7.5. Yeah, do you agree, Dan? I think he's an option. You know, it's really hard because, I, like I said, I've basically just tinkered with my team today and he's in there. Um, I, th- I think Carlin Grant, though, will score a lot of goals. He, he got nearly 20 for Huddersfield, so I don't think Grant is a terrible I think he he could easily do really well. Um, Dean Garner and is it Robinson? Yeah. Think, um, seems to be a wait and see. I don't think Robinson's played as many minutes in pre-season. So it, look, it looks like the front three will be Grant, Phillips and Dean Garner. It's just who's going to pl- be playing century because they have been playing Phillips there. And if he's playing up front, for 7.5, that looks a bit of a no-brainer. I think it's a definitely 50-50 chance of, is it Grant or Phillips that plays through the yeah. middle, isn't he? I don't think it's going to be a Dean Garner. And talk about Dean Garner. He, I haven't seen much love for him in the gaffer community. I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen him in any drafts, actually, off the top of my head. Nine million, is he an option for you, Angus? Potentially. I know he did. He played quite well when he was in the championship two years ago. Yeah. 
I worry a bit, basically based on how little he played last season. So I know he can do the job at this level, but I I think with him, particularly with the, the issues we've talked about, you know, with various teams in terms of injuries and doubts and everything, with him, I think he'll play, but I'd like to see a little bit from him in terms of output before I went to him. Yeah. I think if he if he starts performing, it will be hard for me to sort of stay away from him. But I think with him, I'm even though I know he can do it at this level, I'm going to need to see it before I bring him in. Dan, what about you? Uh, a couple of things. I saw Dean Garner a couple of seasons ago. He came off the bench against Luton, and I'm not joking, in 10 minutes he changed the game. So he, he's a good player, and I think... I think he's probably is priced fairly. Yeah. Just like like I've said before, they're going to be playing similar football to what Barnsley did last year, and he basically just changed the front three. So that's another thing playing on my mind. Like a good can, shout that is actually. Is he going to have the options to change the front three? I'm not sure he does at the minute. Obviously, Robinson is an option. I don't. I'm not quite sure. I don't think they've got anyone else really, have they? Because but they're, doesn't. But they're also down to three subs this season, of course. So he won't be able to make, change the whole of the front three. Yeah, and I and I know they have been linked with Clark Harris from yeah. Peterborough. And if, if they get him, he's going to be a cheat code. Hundred percent ownership coming in. <laughs> Yeah, Dean Garnett, just to back what you said, we played him on a midweek game down at our place. Him and Pereira, I'm not kidding you, absolutely obliterated us in that first half. It was on Sky as well. I was sitting there freezing my bollocks off, thinking, should I go home now? Because I just couldn't watch. They were unbelievable. Um, but from a goals point of view, points-wise, I'd lean to more Grant and Phillips. So, yeah. Um, just go back to what Kaz has said, actually. His under-the-radar pick was Phillips, by the way. Um, he's probably looks to be the starting right winger, though. So that says to me, Grant through the middle. Dean Garner from the left. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, and players who other people might like, but we shouldn't. Mawit, he's likely to play deeper. And a J 0.5, more expensive than the full-back. So... Yeah, Kaz has just basically confirmed that for us. Season prediction for West Brom, Dan? I have them winning the league. I'll be shocked if they're not top two. Yeah. Angus, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, uh, I know both of us, when we went on uh, Planet FPL with James, predicted them to win the league uh, when we recorded, obviously, a couple of days ago now. And nothing's changed my mind at all that they're going to win the league. I know teams come down and like we have a really good team on paper and sometimes struggle. I cannot see that with these in. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they broke the points record. That team looks that good on paper. Mm. Um, under Ismail as well. It's going to be interesting to see how they play under him. Does it work? If it does, I think they could be unbelievable. But that wraps up then part one of the preview pods. That's gone slightly longer um, probably 
my fault um, for not condensing the notes that I got sent. Um, so for the next one that we're going to do on Sunday um, for part two and part three, I'll make sure I do that and we'll get that to an hour. But I do feel like it's a good chat. It's opened my mind to a lot of players. Maybe I wasn't considering to before, but my team can start taking shape a little bit now. Some of them will be getting added as soon as we finish recording. Um, any f- final words from you, Angus? Um, don't think so. No. Um, I think all of these teams are going to probably have their moments, but some more than others. Yeah. Dan, any final words from yourself? Yeah, uh, just try and be flexible, obviously. Uh, we've got uh, transfer speculation. There's COVID that I think could even be worse than last year. Um, so just just try and pay attention to what's going on with the team news. And like I said, I've I've forgotten about boost plans at the minute. I want to get a solid start to the season. I might even just wait until the window closes to pick players that are going to play and then go from there. Yeah, completely agree. So that's the end of part one then. We'll be back on Sunday for part two where we'll preview another eight teams. We'll then have the final part, part three, to preview the last eight teams. Um, and then we'll be into the last week before game week one. We've got a part where we're going to interview Rune, who won the whole game last year, just to pick his brains on what he did to win the game, just general tips like that. And then the three of us will be back to do a team reveal, won't we, on the Thursday, the day before the deadline. So our teams will be locked in and ready to go for game week one. But thank you very much for listening. To all the new listeners, welcome. I hope you enjoyed that. And we'll see you next time.